Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome back to There's No Place Like Tara with Nixie and Grace. A Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. And today we're going to talk about episode six, Cold Lazarus. Yes, uh, which is, I think, kind of a very iconic and pivotal episode of the first season. Yeah, a lot goes on where we find out a lot about Jack. It's definitely a turning point for Jack and his whole storyline. There's Yeah, there's a whole, yeah, you see him in a whole different light after this episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's just, it's one of those episodes where if you ever see a screen cap of the uh, cold open. It is visually stunning. It is, I will say that. Yeah, that's that's just one of those really iconic where if you're going to screen cap the first season, that one has to be in there and you immediately know what episode it's, you're watching. It's really exciting to see. It's something, it's different than what we've seen. There's a lot of color. There's a lot going yes. on. Not something we're used to, especially after the last two episodes were dark. Yeah, this is very so, light. What an interesting way to start Well, it's out. visually light. It's not emotionally light. No, emotionally <laughs> it is. It is what I'm naming this, a very special, a lifetime special episode. Yeah, this is uh, Cold Lazarus, the lifetime movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's totally you know, right from the beginning, it looks so different. It, it's exciting to watch. Yeah, it's just these these colors. So many colors. We're clearly not on Earth anymore. Yeah, clearly. Um, but yeah, we can take it from there. So this aired on October August 29th, nineteen ninety seven. It was written by Jeffrey F. King, who writes a couple more episodes later this season, and is directed by Kenneth J. Garati. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. And we do not hear from him again until season nine. Which is a bummer because yeah. this looks like a, it looks cool. I, I mean, mean, especially those other world, uh, you know, shots. That looks yeah. really. Interesting. And he has a couple in I think season five Atlantis too. But still, it's it's a while before you hear from right him. Right on. Well, maybe he you know had to go find himself or something. So what gives <laughs> this this uh, episode such its visual and distinctive look is this bright yellow planet, which actually, cool enough, they didn't have to do with filters or trick this. This is just a sulfur mine. Oh, see, you know, I look at it, and the first thing I thought of is blending modes. Blending, yeah. Look at all the blending modes that we've applied here. But that's really cool. I'm sure it smelled fantastic. Yeah, sulfur mines. The first <laughs> thing I think of is, that must smell amazing. The other first thing we thought of is, is I believe there was all the references made to Breaking Bad and Blue Math. So much Blue Math on this planet. This is We just came to this planet to harvest Blue Math, is what I've decided. It's one of those where, had this, had this episode be filmed today, would they have made the crystals blue? No, I, I think there's just too much of a tie to that Breaking Bad blue mess situation. Yeah. It's just too popular. You, I don't think you could go there. It's, I mean, you was, could try, but all I would see is blue mess. See, and I can't imagine the crystals being another color now. Purple crystals? Oh, crap. I guess that's true. Yeah, and it, the blue works so well off that yellow sulfur. Yeah. That, that beautiful smelling yellow sulfur. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, you know, they hit it right on. It, it's really good to, it's really nice to look at. Yeah. Everything's cool. You, you're clearly out of your element right from the beginning. Yeah. So this planet, the sulfur planet, is P3X 562, uh, and the, the crystal race is called the Unity, which is we here. Uh, oh, yeah. And so we, we find the backstory in this episode is that sometime before, we don't know how long this was, it could have been two weeks, it could have been two years, it could have been 50 years, it could have been a thousand. I mean, I don't know right. if they... I get the feeling that they don't have the same sense of time as we do. Right, right. Um, but at some point previously, the Gould came to the planet, and you know we're we're poking around, and all the crystals were intact at that point because one of them—it sounds like one of them—sort of went to touch them and got shocked and, and blasted the same way that yeah, Jack did, so but the, the Gould died. Right, the crystal people. Or the, sorry, the Jaffa sort of, died. Yeah, the crystal people have some sort of self-defense yeah. mechanism. That it seems like it's not even something they're aware of. It's it not just something happens. they can control. There's little sea urchins of, of creatures. Got it. You know the the um, the gold tried to come in. Yeah. So the the gold came, but it was a Jaffa that was killed by accident. Gotcha. Okay. And so that's when the gold had the Jaffa wrap, or like wrangle up all the rest of the crystals, and it's essentially a mass grave. They killed all of the unity. Gotcha. Okay. Except for a couple. That's why they're all broken. And then and they're kind of sparse. Yeah. You know, it looks like the desert sort of. Yeah. Um. 
And so they're, they're energy beings that inhabit the crystal. And, you know, we see actually something very similar to this in an episode of Atlantis later on. Okay. And it's kind of interesting to know if they're kind of related. I don't know. Oh. It, I haven't seen that. I mean, I've seen the episode a number of times, but I, I didn't go back and revisit it this week. So, so. so correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first new... Uh, species that we see other than the yeah. gold, the Jaffa. Well, I mean, the gold, the, the gold, gold is... are, are a completely different type of life, I would classify. Right. Are the so Jaffa humanoid. humanoid? The Jaffa are humanoid. Okay. They've been, like, I, I would guess they've been like, modif- they're like modified to okay. carry the gold. So, so they're the still human. the first type of non-humanoid creature that we meet. Is yeah. that right? Well, if you don't want to call the, the, the larval gold. Right, right. I would say they're the, the a non- I guess they're still carbon. They're still, yeah. like, I don't know. They're an energy creature. Yeah. No. They're the strangest life form we've Okay, so cool. And yeah, and, and the, you know, for classifying under good guys versus bad guys, they're the first good guys that is a not humanoid. Well, I, I don't <laughs> I know like if I classify that either because, I mean, the, the Jaffa and the people that they've met have well, not necessarily right. been good or evil. Okay. I mean, the, the people the people of the steppe that they visited weren't necessarily... That's true. They had their, en- their bad guys in them. But they had that humanoid quality. Yeah. Which is the first non-humanoid that is a, not a bad guy. Yes. The first good guy non-humanoid creature okay. that we've run across. Cool. Yeah. So, um... Let's just let's just get into this. Yeah. Um, so SG One finds himself on the sulfur planet, okay. <laughs> uh, the land of the land of meth. Uh, most of them are broken. Jack heads off on his own because that always works out because really well. Because that's the thing you do. Let's go to this foreign place and let's just everybody on their own. No buddy system. That's <laughs> Nobody, not necessary. There's four of them. They literally have a buddy system yeah, built in. Did you learn nothing in second grade field trips? Always take a buddy with you. And he is he he finds a crystal that's not nearly as broken as the other ones, and he reaches out and touches it, and then gets shot back a good what like 15 feet against the yeah yeah knocked out cold. Yeah. And then we see Doppeljack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we know something's going on. It took me a second to realize it was a Doppeljack. I may have looked down at the wrong moment. Doppeljack <laughs> then takes Real Jack's hat. That's right. That's when I was like, something's going on here. Uh, and the team uh, the team tries to call Doppelback Jack, and we learn that... Daniel doesn't really know how to use the radio. That was a very strange... I don't understand that line. Daniel over and over just becomes the, this most inept... <laughs> he, maybe he's just comic relief. Is I it comic know. relief for but he was, he was like call, trying to call, is this thing working? How do I work this? I and mean, he literally said that <laughs> on like, the radio. when did you become my mom, Daniel? Like, how do you not know how to work things? Uh, and then they head through the gate. Um, and... The debriefing, when they get through the gate, they say the debriefing's at 0900 hours. How early did they leave for this mission? Yeah, holy crap. They've been there, yeah, maybe they went the night before. I mean, maybe I it's not, an all-nighter. It didn't seem like they were there for that long, but, I mean, I need my missions to start after 9 a.m. Yeah, unless I'm not awake until Unless it's 0900. a mission to get coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> um... And Kaylee, there we did post a picture on on our Facebook page. Kaylee Thor was extremely worried for Jack. Yeah, this was an interesting she, one. She like, was very much into the episode. She got up and she's able to sort of get her paws up and sort of like get really close to the screen. And she was just like Jack. Yeah, I think she's fallen in love with Jack. It's Jack. You can't blame the girl. It's Jack. <laughs> um, so Double Jack seems extremely confused and, and lost. And no one seems to find this unusual. Yeah, no, he's clearly not himself. At one point, he's just standing in the briefing room looking off into a corner. Yeah, by the way, I love this. I love Richard Dean Anderson's portrayal of Doppeljack. Because I think, <laughs> again, he's just kind of poking fun at the entire thing. And he's like, let me play this as terribly as I can. And that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I, I've seen this a number of times. And there, there's one scene in particular where he his he's beautiful acting. The scene with him talking with Sarah later in the living room. Right. It's beautiful acting. For the rest of the episode, I go, I can't decide whether this is good acting or bad acting or bad acting, good acting to be bad acting. It's a good actor being a bad actor. Because at the end of the episode, it's a full-on Shatner impersonation. (laughs) Maybe that's his point. (laughs) (laughs) It's his portrayal of a non-human version of himself is is pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, and, And so he heads off to the locker room. Which 
I'll touch that point in a second. Um, but he finds a cigar box filled with, like, it looked like his wedding ring and old photographs. It's interesting. He kept he keeps these in his locker at yeah, work. Yeah, it's an old box of memories, which if we think about actual Jack, it speaks a lot to this character. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's... Jack's our rogue, and, and he's always kind of the guy who's all... You know, he's there to fix things, and he's kind of the... Uh, he devil-may-care attitude, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of emotion behind Solo. this dude. He's our Han Solo. But there's a lot of emotion that you see coming out of this little box. Or to make sure we get our reference in, the Indiana Jones. He is the Indiana Jones. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. I did. I was trying to figure out where I was going to sneak that one in. But I like it. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah, he's much more sentimental than what I've ever given him credit for. Yeah. And uh, and this is actually where we get the first of the first flashback of the episode. And we yes. see Charlie for the first time. Right. And, and so Charlie is the, his son. His son. That passed away. That yes. was killed. Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Um, but we actually, I noticed there's two of these, there's actually three moments in this episode that are little itsy pitsy tiny details that no one should give a shit about. And mm-hmm. I went and did research about because. Okay. So one of them is the Van Dyck Cigar Company because the cigar box says Van Dyck on That's it. That's right. So they were owned by the General Cigar Company. And the interesting tidbit, this has nothing to do with the episode. But they own a brand name named Cohiba, which okay. obviously most people think of when they think of Cohiba, they think of the Cuban cigar. It's okay. a well-known Cuban cigar. But because Cuban cigars couldn't be sold in the U.S., the General Cigar Company trademarked Cohiba. So they're able to sell Cohiba cigars which in the U.S. for Cuban cigars. But they're not cute. They're made in, I think, the Dominican Republic. Oh, got it. Okay. So but it's more of because people think of the quality Cuban cigars, mm-hmm. they were in a trade market because they couldn't sell actual Cohibas in the United States. Interesting. And now because of... Um, now because the you know, Cuba and U.S. diplomatic relations are, are normalizing a okay. bit, I think there's now legal battles to because to get the Cohiba name back to only being for Cuban cigars. This is fun. And this is where we learned that Nixie is a cigar aficionado. Let where... me rephrase. <laughs> I date a cigar okay, aficionado. I like that. that's, that's, that's true. That's a lot more appropriate. Uh, I... But these are cool. These are cool little facts. This is yeah. stuff that I wouldn't have thought of, honestly. It's just kind of a nice, cool little detail. Um, actually, and this leads into the second random pointless fact okay. that I learned, is the... He has in this stack of letters... Or Jack in, does. Yeah, Jack, okay. Doppeljack. Well, real Jack in this box uh-huh. with all the pictures has two letters from Sarah. Okay. And they're addressed to the Pentagon. Oh. And the stamps are 29 cent stamps. Okay. So I looked up when stamps cost 29 cents. Okay. So postage was 29 cents between February 3rd, 1991 and January 1st, 1995. So, these clearly... So, 91 through 95. Yeah. So, these were clearly... Well, the end of 94 then. Okay. Because it was January 1st. And oh, so, yes. the pilot took place in February of 97, because there's an episode later on that we can sort of place the date of, and it said that the the um, origin... That, that the mission, the pilot mission, was about six months ago or something like this. So, okay. we can place it to February of 97. And this is where... If someone can figure out this timeline, please let me know, because I spent... I didn't spend a ton of time on it, but I tried to look this up, and I couldn't... It, it didn't seem correct to me. So there's a two-year gap. Is this, Am I understanding you right? There's a two-year gap from when he was at the Pentagon and when he was doing whatever yeah. he was doing. But here's the thing, is that most things say that the movie mission, the actual movie... Uh-huh took place in 1995, because it came out the end of oh. 94, and so most people place it happening in 95, but if the pilot episode takes place in 97, they make a comment that the mission was a year beforehand, which would have been 96. Oh, no. Okay. I so, so many numbers. <laughs> either way, these letters came. These letters were sent to Jack to the Pentagon before... Before he was on the SGT. Before the Stargate ever was a thing. Okay. And actually, they were probably also sent after the Gulf War, because the Gulf War ended, like, oh, that's in early right. in the 91. early 90s, yes. So, or, well, it was, yeah... 90 through early parts of 91. So these are most likely... These were sent after the Gulf War and before he went to 
Um, so before he became part of the SG team, mm-hmm. but after he came back from the war. So, and because... Because we learned uh, recently, last week, that he was part of Black Ops. Yes. Okay. And then because Charlie died not too long before the movie mission, these letters were conceivably sent to Jack before bef- he- while Charlie was still alive. So, okay. Oh, got it. So these could be letters... These from could Charlie be like, or from Sarah, right? This, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, to me, my headcanon, these are these are love letters to her husband who okay. is stationed far away. Oh, and I he's like kept that. these love letters. I guess from that's Sarah. true, because his son was so young he wouldn't have been able to write him a letter. So I did all that research for my headcanon to be these are not letters from Sarah going, you know, why aren't we talking? Let's communicate. These are letters from Sarah going, I love you. Which is just a bit more of a reflection on who Jack is. Mm-hmm. So there's a big soft heart under all that, you know, sorry, snarky exterior. Oh, you know there's a big soft heart that's under there. That's true. You know, I guess we always did know that, but oh, I, yeah. I love that they're making it a little more obvious. Here's the us. catch. Movie Jack, mm-hmm. played by Kurt Russell. I don't know if there's a big giant heart under there. See, this is fun because I still haven't watched the movie. I know. And I like thinking <laughs> of it as just Richard Dean Anderson. It's going to be, I think when you finally watch it, it's going to be a big culture shock for you. I yeah, think. I think I'm either going to be on board or I'm going to nope it all the way yep, through. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and then the other thing going back to the locker room is they share a locker room yeah and the door's just (laughs) wide open on the locker room I guess I I I was not as again I was not as observant as you are because so Jack is just sitting here right in front of the open door that's the locker room Sam comes in going well it becomes the women's locker room like now because we're on the sandy planet which by the way so the girls the women have to wait in order to take their showers when they come back from a mission you know the 90s weren't uh, (laughs) up to code with all those things you don't have two locker rooms in this place (laughs) we're still working on that even now in the military aren't we aren't we still trying to create this fairness so Maybe that's what she dealt with back then. And so, also, because the door's just open, Daniel just waltzes on in. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and starts pretending like it's still the boys' locker room. Yeah. That is interesting. Maybe they've all just gotten real close. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, after this, Doublejack leaves the base after completely blowing off Teal'c. Like, Teal'c? Yeah. Nope. He just noped Teal'c. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, like the two most stoic people now because Double yeah. Jack is pretty stoic. Yeah. And Teal can be a little stoic, so that was a an little stoic. <laughs> Teal'c is yeah. the president of the stoicism. This club. would have been a fun group to talk about feels with, these two. <laughs> Let's just sit here and talk about our feelings. I don't know if either of them understand what feelings like, are. Yeah. I don't know. I Teal'c I, I've fully think Teal'c has control of his emotions and that's just the thing. I don't yeah. think Doppeljack owns emotions, which as we get later I don't think Doppeljack understands the concept of emotions. Right. Um, so Daniel and Sam go on the Daniel and Sam club for this for this mission. They're yeah. just like two scrampering children in the background. It's kind They're of like, fun. let's go play with this new toy. So they ponder a little about Jack, or at least Sam does, and mm-hmm. um, they realize they really don't know the man. And this is where Daniel explains that before the movie mission, Jack was super happily married. He had a son named Charlie, and Charlie accidentally shot himself with Jack's personal gun. Yeah, so Sam's just getting all the low down. Yeah, and after this, Jack just, like, closed down, which is why he was closed down for the movie mission. Okay. And if you want to retcon that, in the intervening year between the movie mission and the TV show started, he just kind of got himself a little more put together. Right, and we get a little bit of that, too, in the uh, Children of the Gods when mm-hmm. we first meet him it's a little standoffish he's not really he's starting to make sense now uh the one thing about this scene is how does daniel not know what em stands for reasons because we need to make sure the audience knows yeah that's what i'm gonna go with that because i didn't know what it was okay (laughs) um so jack Gets his creeper on, his stalker on. Yeah, and goes and, Jack. <laughs> and goes and visits his old house and finds Sarah coming out of the house. And he literally just sits there for a second and repeats, Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Yeah, and she <laughs> I feel like she was a little more accepting of the whole situation than I would have been. Yeah. 
I would have been like, get the F out of my house. <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, we learned that uh, she's working on her dad's car, and mm-hmm. she knows cars because cars because Jack wouldn't be attracted to someone who can't take care of well, himself. Well, no, he's, he's only attracted to badasses. Um, and there is, you can take it for what it will, that Sarah and Sam have the same haircut. I think they, I pointed that out. I said they have the same haircut. They're very similar looking women. Well, we also pointed out that there's only two haircuts in the entire That's series. <laughs> yeah, they are only allowed to have two haircuts. Yeah, you're either bald. You're bald, or you have like, well, I guess that you've bald, you have the short haircut, or yeah. you have the 90s bangs fringe yeah. hair drapes. Ha- which yeah. Charlie, male version of hair drapes. Charlie yeah. has the hair drapes. He's got the Chris Hardwick hair drape, yeah. Well, I mean, he also looks like all three brothers in Home Improvement. Yeah, that's or true. Or any 10, or like Six to seventeen-year-old boy in the nineties had the same a, there haircut. Was definitely a uniform that all of them had, and I fell for every single one that had that. I was like, "Yep, you're cute. You have the hair drapes. I'm in." Um, <laughs> Luckily, I did not have the female hair drape because that would not have been a good look for me. Uh, and then he gets even more creepy about asking Sarah where Charlie is. And yeah. Can, holy moly. Can he needs to see Charlie? Yeah. What a heartbreaking moment for this poor woman. Because she. I, who, who knows how many years it's been since she's seen Jack. Yeah. And then he just shows up being creeper and asking to see their dead yeah, son. Yeah, let me... First of all, hello, I'm your long-lost husband. Yeah. And also, where's our dead child? Yeah. How does she not immediately call... 911? Right. <laughs> Something is not okay here. Yeah. Hide the knives... Run and call nine one one. The cool thing is, is very unceremoniously. This is the first time we see Earth outside the SGC. Oh yeah. Oh gosh, I guess that's true. I didn't put that together. Yeah. Um, except for the generic stock shot of like the entrance tunnel to Cheyenne Mountain. I'm not counting that. No, that really doesn't count because this is the first time we're just on planet yeah, the way we yeah, are yeah. in the other planets. Yeah. And we only get. I think the only we get this vision once. We suddenly cut to this like all the blue filters in the world doppeljack vision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that. Uh, just kind of. Why do we do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, really... I, think, I guess it's just to prove to. In case you forgot that this is Doppeljack, this is Doppeljack. Because I think that's the only time in the episode it happens. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. I, you know, I'm gonna go back to the. You know, that cold open. I think someone just got inspired this week <laughs> to do something that was visually stunning. Someone was just learning new features on their whatever editing program they had back then, <laughs> and they're like, "Look at this cool filter. Let's use this." Um, and then we cut to Teal'c somehow turning on the TV for the first time since he's been on Earth. Yeah, he's like, look at this, it's a TV. He grabs a remote, he sees the TV, he turns it on, and then awesomely horrible things show up on his TV. But, yeah, uh, poor Teal'c. Like, it goes from riots to other shitty news to riots to, I'm not even counting that as music. Yeah, no. That was, wasn't music. No. Poor Teal'c, he's like, look, I'm sacrificing everything I know to come help these people. And, yeah. And, these, this, and I this can't race get out and, of this and, mountain. And, yeah, and I can't get out of this mountain. I'm going to turn on the TV to see what the rest of these people are like, because clearly they're worth saving, right? Yeah, yeah. And nope. then all I see is just this madness. And then Sam and Daniel run into the room and suddenly need Teal'c to check out his staff weapon. No explanation. Yeah. Can I? Can we play with your toys? Because that's basically <laughs> what they're doing. They're just playing all day. Yeah. Yeah. Sam and Daniel are just kind of running around. Being, hey, can we play with this toy that you're not using right now because you're yeah. watching TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. You're right. They're like two children. They are two yeah. children. This episode. It's kind of cute. Um, we As we zoom in, I sort of free-framed his desk. Okay. He has... I can't tell what the big book underneath it is. I would like to think it's sort of a dictionary or part of an encyclopedia or something. Okay. He has a National Geographic on top of it. Okay. You, I mean, it's distinctive. Maybe he had, like, an Oprah book underneath it. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, one of Oprah's Because he was trying to figure out what Oprah is. <laughs> He's like, what is an Oprah? I'm still very exactly. interested. I'm not convinced that they're not going to have some sort of love affair later in the series. <sighs> you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> There's fanfic out there for I that. I want it. I want it. <laughs> um, but the other book is a book about the universe. Because oh. it caught me. I'm actually pretty sure. Um, I don't. I don't have it currently in my book collection. I checked. I kind of think I owned this book. Oh. I recognize this book cover because it has like a blue comet on it. Okay. And it's something like uh, all, all about the universe, like universes, big text across the book. This is a very. I think I got this from the library sometime. Oh, cool. Because I recognize this book cover. So. Yeah, it makes sense, though. I mean, Tilk would be... He's curious. Yes, he's curious. He's only know what he's known, and yeah. he's a really smart dude, and, and, and oh, however it is he came to be here and to be the Zen dude, there's still a lot out there he doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and then this brings us to, uh, we've, we've formally put this into, I don't know, I've given the title at least. Let's uh, call it the History Corner, or what no, would you call it's, it? No, it's History According to Stargate. I like it, yeah. Um, I was, I've been curious since the first time I watched this of what riot that was. Right, when on, he the t- on the TV, TV that he's watching, yeah. Um, and so I did some research, okay. and I think I figured out what the footage was from. Oh, cool. This would be interesting, because I, I saw it, and I, I thought I might be able to place it, but I couldn't. Yeah, so this... This was, it filmed, or it aired in, in August, the end of August, so okay. conceivably, yeah, conceivably this was filmed about the time of the nationalist riots in Northern Ireland in 1997. Okay. Because these happened in, like, July. I think it's the 6th to the 11th of July in 97. Okay, cool. And, like, it we'll looks like the these could be footage from that. Like, it very clearly seems yeah, like Yeah, it, it does look like foreign soil, but not... It's a still an urban area, and it yeah. seems like this is a big enough thing. This was a huge news story cool. around the world. Yeah. I can see it being on there, so... Yeah, I wonder if someone... You know, I'm curious. I wonder if someone took time to explain this to Tilk, or if he gets to know what these things are. Or he might just be, you know, smart enough to figure this out, find a way to figure well, this out on his own. Well, he was just flicking through it though and yeah. then turned it off so he just saw these horrible images yeah uh, yeah maybe the message was just like look these people are not great all the time yeah so in case you don't know about these riots i'll be honest i didn't know a ton i knew they existed i didn't necessarily know much about the backstory i only know what bono tells me <laughs> <laughs> i'm terrible um i did a little bit of brief research on this again by i say research i mean i went to wikipedia uh, and other e- internet sources easily available. I can try to sum this up, but I really think um, I'm just going to read the very beginning of the wiki article about these because it sums it up a lot easier than I could try to put words together to form sentences. Okay. Um, so it said from the 6th to 11th of Ju- July 1987, there were mass protests, fierce riots, and gun battles in Irish nationalist districts of Northern Ireland. Irish nationalists, Republicans, in some cases supported by the provisional Irish Republican Army, the IRA, attacked the police, the Royal Ulster Constabulary, uh, and British Army. And the protests and violence were sparked by the decision to allow the Orange Order, a Protestant unionist organization, to march through a Catholic nationalist neighborhood in Portadown. And Irish nationalists were outraged by the decision and by the... RUC's aggressive treatment of those protesting against the march, um, and there had been bitter dispute over the march for many years. So this is obviously an extremely touchy subject for everyone involved, right? And it just was, you know, I, you know, yeah. this makes me curious. I gotta say, I don't know a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was I was a kid at the time, and, yeah, and I don't know thing. a lot about the the story. But if you guys have any information, I would love to know more. Yeah, it's essentially some sort of civil unrest, is what yeah. I can gather. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure there is no comparison that can actually be made about these, but I hear things like these and I immediately put it in our time and things that we've been seeing in things like in Ferguson oh, and sure. Baltimore. Oh, sure, yeah, well, Baltimore riots. Or, or, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'm sure the 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 cause and what brought it about and the things that people were fighting for are extremely different, but you still have these protests that turned into riots that yeah, ended up being... Yeah, any type of uprising that turns into violence, yeah. you know, it's hard not to compare, but I'd love to know more, just yeah. because it, it is good to have this kind of information, mm-hmm. especially in these times, and not to go too much on the soapbox, but the idea that history repeats itself, it'd yeah. be lovely to be able to understand these perspectives a little more. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, so that's what I think the the, pro- the footage was. Cool, and that's our Stargate history for to this episode. Woohoo! So on back to Stargate and slightly lighter subjects yeah. about uh, Let's talk very about extremely nice, violent like riots. Ice cream and um, Stargate. Ice cream, Stargate, and ponies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the quote, there's this great quote because like they run in and Daniel's like, Teal, we need your help. And Teal's like, your world is a strange place. And Jackson goes... So's yours. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> These are all truths. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. So back at uh, this old Jack house, um, Doppeljack is reminiscing in Charlie's old room, and Sarah's dad and him have this heartfelt conversation about how parents shouldn't outlive their children and how you deal with the loss like that. Uh, and then dad pulls the dad card and threatens him, and it basically goes, yeah. if you hurt my daughter, I will kill you. <laughs> 
Yeah, and Double Jack is like, I don't understand feelings this exactly. entire time. Yeah. It's like, poor dude. You've, you've, he's worked up his courage probably to say this. He probably thought about this many times mm-hmm. late at night. And he's like, whenever I see that man again, these are the things I'm going to say. And it's wasted on Double Jack. I know. It's, it's completely of, wasted. It's, but it is nice to, to, I don't know. I mean, this was a very feelsy episode. Yeah. That is the word I'm going to stick with. Yeah, feelsy. yeah. Uh, we get more happy time flashbacks and how happy everyone was together. Um, and Charlie looks like every 90s kid that ever existed. Mm. But the thing that gets this is, and this has, I think, made everyone jump every time I've ever been in the room with people ever watching this episode, is this is the flashback we get where you hear the gunshot. Yeah. It's it's a little rough. And, and, and here's another thing is I'm not sure that they... Is there a message here? Or is this some sort of gun safety episode? Like, I can't... Yeah. It's a little confusing because it doesn't seem like they're pushing that, but it also seems like they can't not be pushing that. Yeah, it was um, because they don't really address that issue. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's like this... They thought about approaching this and then didn't. Yeah, it's... It, but like I said, that's, that's a startling moment. And that's one of those moments that... Again, I question with how they treat um, with things on the Sci-Fi Channel and stuff. If this was on the Sci-Fi Channel already and not on Showtime, would we have heard that moment? Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Would they have cut that out? I don't know. Maybe we're being a little sensitive to the idea. Possibly. Maybe it's not... um... Maybe they would have. It's just every time I've ever seen the episode with a group of people, everyone visually jumps. Here's 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 my thought. I don't think that it's it's such a dark or deep place to go. I just don't think you're expecting it when yeah. you're watching this show. And because there's like all this super happy time. Yeah. You know, again, then, it's, it feels similar to The Enemy Within where you go into yeah. it. This is a lighthearted show. We're traveling to other places. And yeah, there's a couple things here and there where we deal with, uh, you know, message or issues, but mm-hmm. it's never anything this deep. And then every now and then someone gets a little dark. Yeah. 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 Um, well, two, two comments that I, I noticed in this was that, uh, Sarah's dad goes goes to Jack, I know you're not a talker. And I went, except for the movie mission where he's Kurt Russell, at what point in Jack's life was he ever not a talker? Yeah, Jack is the <laughs> biggest talker I've ever met. <laughs> but I wonder if it's something he developed after. This is Maybe. his self-defense mechanism. I don't know. This is a false personality that he's put on. There's so many things that you can infer yeah. that aren't really there. And I and I infer a lot. I've just decided to place this into his, his troubled moody man. Yep. Um, and maybe it's not all that, but I, I that's that's what I feel. That's what I feel about Jack. Also, there is a shuttle Lego set. Uh, on... Oh, I missed that. Oh, no. It is there <laughs> on Charlie's dresser. I have that Lego set. That was one of my favorite Lego sets. I want Usually it. my logos got like mixed into giant bins, and my brother and I would just build random shit and then like collide them together to nice. see who's like BattleBot style. See, I wasn't a lot. I didn't have my own Legos, but I had my cousin, Floey, who had the best Lego collection in the world. <laughs> And anytime I went to visit my grandmother, I'd be like, can we go play with your Legos? Can we go and play that Legos? was the plan. Yeah. Because I had to be the secret Lego player. Like, I was a girly girl and was not oh, allowed to be a Lego player. There were no hidden Legos <laughs> in our house. But the, I, the shuttle was one of the few sets that stayed as the shuttle. Oh, well, yeah. You got to respect. Exactly. Everything else just... And see, we had, like, tackle... We got tackle boxes to keep these small, delicate, odd pieces separate. Oh, that's so cool. And then the bins were just all the big blocks... We, by the way, were nerds growing up. I love it. I love that you had tackle box to separate your Legos. I, on the other hand, tackle <laughs> box to separate my medical equipment. That's how different of kids we grew up. Well, no, trust me, there was still a tackle box upstairs that was the first day tackle box. <laughs> oh, no, this was the Grace medical equipment. <laughs> um, and so that's how you get this neurotic creature you have before you. <laughs> we cut back to the two children of the episode. And they're in the gate room, and they have Teal'c fire the staff weapon at the crystals. Okay, here's my issue. A, no one stopped and asked some questions as to why they're firing the yeah, staff let's weapon. Just, uh, yeah, let's just give this weapon to these chil- B, adult children. Why are they doing this in the gate room? Yeah, because the gate room is where you do all the things you're not supposed to. Here's what I've decided. The gate room has no cameras. Everything else has surveillance cameras. So the gate room is like the fun place where well, you go do things. And then and then there, the, the quote is... And, this and makes me want a gate room. You I have, have a gate room. You have our friend Harriman. Walter's up there, and he's like, what the hell is going on down there? And Teal's like, you received permission for me to fire my staff weapon in the gate room. 
And Curtis is like, oh, oh yeah. Jack's like, absolutely. In the most non-convincing term known to man. <laughs> Again, there's a giant window there. How did no one like, hey, I see people about to fire a staff weapon yeah. in the gate room. So basically, just Sam and Daniel are just wandering around doing things as children do. They're throwing Tilk under the bus. Yeah, they're like, Tilk gave us this and he said we could do it. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This it's a thing. Yeah. He told us we could. Um, also, when we see the crystals on the scanner, I'm sorry, but that is the most phallic-shaped crystal. It's absolutely phallic, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, yep. that's not something you can... That, I don't... I can't say more had without to making have, this real dirty, so, Someone yep. had to have noticed that They did that on purpose. They did it on purpose. That's oh, what I'm deciding. <laughs> okay, well, back at this whole Jack house... Uh, Jack and Sarah have just a very awkward conversation. And this is the one, to me, this is some brilliant acting on RDA's part. Okay. Uh, he has this amazing little smile laugh that he does in the middle of it that's just twinkle, man. It's, uh, it's Yeah. I'm just going to let you take it because this yeah. is a, such a weird episode for me. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. But it's like an awkward bus. It's like the awkward bus colliding, and you can't not look away from it because... It's a little cringeworthy. Yeah, and and Double Jack cares nothing and knows nothing about non-disclosure agreements. Yeah, he's just like, okay. (laughs) And this is the thing of... uh, The the idea of the Stargate is such a crazy, insane story that you can just say it because no one's going to believe any of that shit. Right, right. There's no point in NDA. No one's going to believe it. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, Um, okay, crazy. Is what would happen yeah, if yeah, you yeah. decided to tell the people about the Stargate. So, back at the lab, the crystal makes up. <laughs> and, oh, those graphics, guys. <laughs> uh, and it takes Daniel's face, and then it takes Sam's face to communicate, and we get our first Holihana. Oh, which yeah. Is, which will become uh, sort of Now, a, what is that? Is that a reference to something? I no, don't know what it is. I don't think it's a reference. We... we, we we just—it just becomes Sam's for crying out loud. Okay, that we it's don't such hear as often. Thing. I feel like I, I, you know, I wanted to reference some historical. Some thing. people make weird things because you know I spent a lot of time in northern Michigan in the Upper Peninsula, and we say Ufta, so <laughs> which means nothing to me. <laughs> I said that a couple times at work, and you're just like, what I'm just the gonna hell keep are you moving. I'm just gonna keep moving forward. I'm gonna pretend that you sneezed or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep. Uh, and then the gate starts up, and we learn that this is not a drill, because that's repeated 8,000 times by Walter. Um, and the real Jack comes through the gate. So I wonder how long it's been since they left him. I, I mean, I can conceivably this all happens in the same day. Yeah, well, I mean, if Jack's, if Doppel Jack has been at the house, I, I imagine he, he's not wasting any time. No. He didn't, like, spend the night and sleep on it and then decide to go to the house yeah. in the morning. I fully feel like this is, this is like, an, if it happened at 9 a.m., the staff meeting was at yeah. 9 a.m. That's why they this had to like do it so early because the episode the had to develop all day. Exactly, <laughs> this all has to happen in one day. We need to start early. Yeah, um, somebody needs to feed Sam and, and Daniel. The two children need some applesauce or something because they've been running around playing all day. By the way, Grace and I smell the smell. I'm glad you don't have smell-o-vision because Kaylee the Thorgy has ripped a fart that only she can rip. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. Yep. I was trying my best to ignore it, but we, we call her Thunderbutt because a her name is is Thor and the goddess of thunder, but also because the goddess of thunder. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Maybe she, she ate. <laughs> I, I. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> so they don't trust that. Re- they don't trust real Jack, and they take him into custody. And I don't know what it is. The other iconic thing from this episode, besides the sulfur mine, is him yelling into the camera. <laughs> sulfur mine. Get me the hell out of here! And it's just, it's Jack. Which is pretty great. Yeah, it's Jack. Um, and. So we cut back to uh, Sarah and Doppeljack are out in the park and they're talking again. And Sarah is waiting to hear like anything from him. Sarah's just like, are you going to talk? Are you going to do anything? And he's like, no, I'm Doppeljack. I'm not real Jack. I have nothing. I don't know emotions. I I, don't know how to emotion. I have no history to go off of here. Um, And Jack said that he thought Sarah was mad at him after Sarah died, which is why he left. And Sarah never... After Charlie died. Yeah, I'm sorry. After uh, after Charlie died. Name's confusing. Um, And Sarah... Apparently Sarah never knew why Jack left, which is really kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean... I guess they didn't talk this separation and divorce out. It was just 
He's Jack just, just left. He just shut down. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I, this is really again. This is a really deep episode. These are these are things that I've never had to deal with in my yeah. life. I can't imagine losing a child, and I can't imagine running out on your yeah. marriage because of it. But I know that these kind of things happen. Yeah. So this is where Doppeljack says that he came to bring Charlie back through the Stargate, and Sarah's just like, "What?" Doesn't yeah. like at this point. I don't know how sh- her red flags in her head aren't even raising anymore because this is clearly not. Even if number of years have gone by, this is clearly not her husband. She, I think she's. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're just that confused. But at, at that the point. same time, there's no way that. Sh- I mean, if you're someone who's associated with the Stargate, y- y- the concept of weird shit happening would pop in your brain. And I guess, you know, if you ran into someone who's acting weird, the concept that this wouldn't be him wasn't... Does there's, You have no basis to count Well, there's a brain. lot of things to account for. You know, this is a man who just came back. He didn't just come back from war, but he came back yeah. from a war. Yeah. He's done all this black ops stuff. And yep. he's he, there's these couple years that are unaccounted for. And we, he is part of the secret team. She knows a lot of stuff is going on. He's also a man who lost his child. So maybe she's just being real accepting. And we just learned last episode that too many years in black ops can change a person. Right, right. So, it can make you think you're a god. So considering that he's as peaceful as he is, I, I think she's just trying to keep him talking. Yeah. Um, and so this is where kind of we get the idea that that Doppeljack and, and the Unity they don't understand death. They does they don't get death. Yeah. They, he thinks he can just go get Charlie. That Charlie's just not physically in the location. Oh, see, and I didn't understand that. I just thought maybe he just didn't. Well, oh, I guess that makes sense. Oh, I'm just understanding this right now. <laughs> you know, in my brain, he just hadn't filled in the gap that Charlie was dead. But no, yeah. you're right. He doesn't understand the concept of it. Yeah. Especially if they've been, because they have been discussing that Charlie is dead. And they had, they, he has a line later when he's talking to real Jack that that physical death isn't the same thing to them. That's true. I'm guessing because they're, they're, they're energy beings, they can just like... It's, they're, they're, to them, it's just energy. It's, like it's the, different kinds of it's energy. It's like the Great Link in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> they're all one thing, and they can separate themselves as individual people, but they still, like, it's still one, it's one the, they're one source. entity source, and they can sort of part what themselves off. What a beautiful off. thought. I dig this. So, man, I am so glad that Bartender Nick did not make us a drink today, because this episode has gotten heavy. I know. We actually started with a latte, because it's been a long week. We wanted to make sure that we are up and completely on point for this, Um, which means I'll be up for a little bit longer. But bartender Nick did become Chef Nick and make us some really cool flatbread pizzas. Well, to be fair, bartender Nick started as Chef Nick and then just went to bartender Nick. (laughs) And so this is, he gets then a really bad case of static electricity and... When someone is literally electricity is arcing off of them and they collapse on the ground, I don't think going over and touching them. Yeah, that was what they. I was like, "What are you doing? Why are you touching this thing?" No, stay no back. Death. Just call people. Just call nine one one. Yeah. Although to be fair, you no one has a cell phone in this time. Yeah, run somewhere with a house phone. <laughs> Find a payphone. Yeah. <laughs> and call 911. Because those existed back then. Yell loudly so someone else can go to a payphone <laughs> and call 911. Because I but don't... Yeah, I love that our first instinct is to touch the man that's being electrocuted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I believe either you or Bartender Nick made a comment that this whole scene while he's sitting on the bench, he looks like he has to poop. He does look like he has to poop. <laughs> and I don't know if it was Bartender Nick or myself, but I agree with it. <laughs> Um, so we cut back to the SGC, and according to Janet, this is Jack. Like, according to every test she can run, this is Jack. Yeah, oh, Dr. Janet. I remember her. Oh, yeah. And so, and this is the first time Jack learns that there's a doppeljack. Okay. And I love at this point, no one is like, we should go... As soon as the real Jack came through Stargate, no one's immediately, they had to wait and sort of go, we should go find the other Jack. Yeah, wouldn't that be the first thing you think about it? Wait a minute, if if there's one Jack here, where's the other Jack? And then Sam says the crystal could replicate their face, so if it had more power, it should be able to duplicate the whole person, which seems like quite a leap. 
But I guess it is logic. We gotta get there quickly. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're ways through the episode. Yeah, we, gotta we, got, keep we don't have a lot of time to wrap this up. So let's just make her make it jump ahead. Yeah. So she goes and talks to the crystal again, and the crystal says that they're losing power by being on Earth. It's now, is this the, the part EM. where the crystal kind of takes on her face? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This part was interesting. Yeah. But, okay. So, so do they only know how to con- communicate as a reflection of another being? That's what I don't know, and, and I wonder if it's because they they're like they're mimickers, and so they duplicate the person because that's how they can duplicate and learn the speech or something. Okay, but yeah, we only see them duplicating people, right? So that I mean, that's kind of cool. It's just a little thought I had. Um, there's nothing more there. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she the the doppel. Dapple Sam, for yeah. lack of a better name, yeah. uh, says that the Unity were afraid of SG-1. This is where we learned the ghoul came to the planet, you know, killed them all because of a misunderstanding. Because we did find the reason that they hit uh, the Unity with Teal'c's weapon is because there were signs that someone, some, they had been shattered or hurt or hit. They with- were these super clean cuts and they couldn't figure out what have made these super clean cuts right. and these crystals. And then, of course, because plot points, Sam's like, I've seen these before. Right. And then goes to get... Um, so that's why we got the weapon, which yeah. makes sense now that the Unity was fearful of the SG yeah, team. because they saw... they've been hurt before. Exactly. They saw the Jaffa, they saw the weapon, um, and they remember things okay. because they're a great link. Gotcha. Uh, and then we learn we can't find Doppeljack. Here is my biggest... Cons- my biggest... Clearly, Real Jack drove to the SGC from his home, right. and his car is parked somewhere underground at the SGC. <laughs> now, if you're trying to find Doppeljack, and you can't find him anywhere here, would you not then go, hey, is his car still here? And if his car's not there, you you can at least start looking, maybe These check his home? These are logical things and reasonable things that don't have a place in our world. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it does take the team a little long to figure out what's going on. Like, you people are all smart. Yeah. It should have been. Um, now they're all smart, but they're not all emotionally in tune. Now could that be why? Be- no, 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 no. If a <laughs> Maybe person they're just is all so self-centered, you know, person- Sam and Daniel are busy playing with these new toys. If a person Tuk is, is missing- busy figuring out what humanity is, <laughs> and you can't find them, <laughs> like if I couldn't find you at work and I searched the entire building, I would check to see. If well, a, I would just text you, but <laughs> yeah. I would go out. Is Grace's car here? Yeah. If she's car is here, she's probably somewhere in the building because you can't walk anywhere. And yeah. <laughs> You're B, absolutely right. Like it's just uh, logic. You are right. There is a lot of logic that's missed here, but I think also we're dealing with a lot of uh, highly intelligent beings that are a little more self-centered than most of us. You, you can look past that. I'm just going to keep yelling <laughs> at them. Uh, and this is, Sam mentions that the crystal and Doppeljack have basically lethal radiation in them. So, right. so as Doppel Sam kind of disintegrated there was radiation inside the crystal that kind of leaked out Mm -hmm. and so because doppeljack is such a I guess larger crystal yeah well if Uh, he was large enough and had enough energy to turn into doppeljack then he's got a lot more stuff to shoot yeah and so basically they need to find doppeljack now because like the radiation is going to start leaking out and that always ends well yeah um so sam mentions the doppeljack was going through real jack's things in the locker and jack like immediately jumps on and calls sarah and she's not there so jack immediately like beelines it and leaves to go get sarah which kind of is a nice little nice little still cares about sarah yeah well of course he does i don't think he ever ran away because he didn't care oh no 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 but it's just nice to see it yeah that's true um, and Sam guesses that the natural EM radiation of the Earth is stronger and than, it, than the Unity's planet, and that's what's literally, like, tearing them apart. Okay. It's just magnets. <laughs> Again, with magnets. More Breaking Bad <laughs> references here. <laughs> is always the answer. Uh, and Teal gets his first mission on Earth. Oh, that's right. We also have a very quick costume change here. Okay. Like, they walk out of the room, and then they're just walking upstairs, and they've changed into, like, radiation-proof super suits. Okay. Yeah, that's... Well, again, they've got these, uh, you know, these theater-style mm-hmm. wardrobes yep. just at yep. the ready all times. Well, they had to go into the locker, and then the boys had to change, and then they <laughs> yeah. had to wait, and so and Sam, Sam could, change, yeah. could get could Either change. that, or there's a handicapped bathroom somewhere where they let her yep, use that yep. locker. And this has... 
again, Tilk has the best quotes in this in this episode by far. Because he like Tilk has a staff weapon is like heading towards the elevator, like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, he's going to battle. Tilk Hammer goes, Tilk, you have to leave that here. And Tilk's like, I've seen your world. I'll need it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Tilk is having a... Yeah, there's, there's just a lot to take in. Humanity's a, it's a, a difficult... Uh, you know, yeah. the, the humans on Earth are a lot to understand. And the smart guy's trying to figure it all out in one episode. And so he does not get to take his <laughs> staff with him with him. And also Hammond hands him a baseball hat because Tilk has that beautiful gold signal. Right. Which, listen, we have a lot of really amazing and intricate and uh, body modifications. Right. We have yet to have the carving your forehead open and filling it with gold yeah, body bars. You, you know, you can tell us that you're from Portland or San Francisco, but we're still not going to believe that that's of human earth. <laughs> so, I mean, there are some places, there's some cities, you could, you could just walk in with that and people are just like, cool tat, yo. Yeah. Now. But even in the 90s, that might have been a little much. <laughs> this is true. But he hands them a hat that says Chicago on it and Tuke just holds it and goes, Chicago, the Windy City, home of the Blackhawks, the Bulls, the White Sox, and, uh, and and Jack goes, don't forget the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can forget the Cubs forever all the time. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a hilarious moment. And O'Neill's from Chicago. And so it's kind of cute that, right. that Teal gets the Chicago hat. Um but but yeah, it's not like it's an Air Force hat or anything. It's and it's not like it's a. They're really trying to make them blend. But it's not like it's a Denver hat even. They're in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, who wants to root for the Rockies? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Or the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. I mean. um, anyway, so at the hospital, Jack wakes up and wants to go to the Stargate, and then just auto electrocutes a couple more times. But this time, it's bad enough to start blowing lights at the hospital, and I'm quite sure fried some electronics and killed some people in the process. Yeah. Because there's, like, literally electricity arcing from places. Like, someone's pacemaker freaked out or something. This like, is not good. This is not good times right now. This is Ventilators went off. Like, yeah. it was... It's That's... I can't imagine ended well for some people there. But that um, triggers an evacuation of the hospital. Um, and... There's nothing quite as scary to me as having to evacuate the hospital. <laughs> One place you're supposed to be safe and you're no longer. That part scares me. But Let's for some on. reason, I found this scene of outside where you have the local police is already working with SG-1 because they right. mentioned the communication there. You have the local news, which is closer than any local news. Yeah, I love the comment there. It's like, that would never happen. <laughs> they would not be allowed that close. Uh, and and we, this is not obviously like a hardcore evacuation because... Sarah's still in the hospital getting her hand wrapped and there's still people running around. Yeah, everybody on ventilators, get out. The rest of you, uh, fend for yourselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave if you want, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you really should get that stitched up. It's probably more important <laughs> than radiation. No, it's not. Get out of there. Everybody, let's go. Um, and so SG-1 runs into the building and Sarah instantly realizes that this is Jack. Right. Because I think that she's now realizing there's some weird shit happening. Yeah. I don't know who this other person is, but this one's real. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's why it was so weird. And they have this nice little embrace and and because that's Jack. Like, that's her Jack. Um, And this is where the Nick, bartender Nick had the comment of everyone here has the same hair. Yeah, which they did. He was absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, with the hair drapes. We've commented on this many times. We will probably continue to comment on it because <laughs> it's one of those things you don't notice until someone comments on it, and then it's the only thing you, you see. see. My frame of reference is just haircuts. <laughs> so they find Doppeljack on the floor in agony uh, with electricity just pouring out of him, and this is where the character is basically a bad Shatner impersonation. <laughs> yes. Because it's just kind of too epic. <laughs> To have the feelings, it's just <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's so hard to not be camp in those moments. But which, he does it. He embraces it and he goes off. I mean, for he it. makes the Shatner camp heartfelt, which is a skill, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> Fine. So Jack gets thrown across the room again, and Dap, Jack and Doppeljack have a nice little sit down and chat. And this is Doppeljack explains that he tried to heal Jack back on the planet. And he looked into his mind to see how he could help because he's like, shit, this happened again. I don't want these people to get mad at me. Right. I honestly want to heal this guy because it's an accident. And he saw he saw um, Jack as a warrior. Yeah. Which kind of put him a little nervous because he the last warriors I encountered were the Jaffa. Right. Um, and Doppeljack tried to heal him, but... 
he now understands that the deepest pain that Jack had wasn't a physical pain. Right. It was an emotional pain. It was this empty place in his heart from, from Charlie. And so he, Doppeljack thought that he could heal him by bringing him Charlie. Yeah, this is where Doppeljack, I think I said this, I may not have, but where he becomes Baymax. Yeah, he's trying. He's like, you're not satisfied with your care. Yeah, I don't know how to fix you. Exactly. <laughs> this could have been a really, really cute uh, children's cartoon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> except not. Except it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, and he goes, Charlie isn't dead. He's in Jack's heart, and Doppel Jack turns into Doppel Charlie. And throw some wisdom down on this bitch. Yeah, this this is where it gets real full of the feels. And, you know, this this makes me go... It makes me step back. This entire episode makes me step back a little bit and think, what were these writers going for? Or what were they feeling? Was there a little bit of something in there? You know, did someone have something happen? Because this episode is about closure yeah. on this really heavy subject. You know, on a... I don't want to say superficial, but... I haven't dug it. I never dug into it that deeply on sort of an emotional standpoint. I very much always took this episode in as this was just uh, just a, a really good episode and, and stuff like this. But I kind of saw it as for... I, I don't know how other, if other people see this, but I've always seen this as rectifying movie Jack with TV show Jack. Okay. This is them giving RDA a chance to wrap up all of the closed in, like closed offness, closed in, closed offness. That yeah. um, so this is about Kurt Russell, closure, but in a different sense. Yeah, sense that, that Kurt you. Russell had as his O'Neill with only one L, which is a line somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where that is in the first season, but there's a line of, that Jack has. Goes there's another Jack O'Neill, but he has only one L and no sense of humor. <laughs> so to me, this was an episode of letting RDA take complete control over. The character, okay, and and leaving sort of all the emotional feels behind because to me, from this point on, I mean, he still carries us with him always. You can't have this as a character yeah. backstory and not have this with you. But like from here on out, like Jack, don't give no fucks. Like yeah, he's just he's like, a barren wasteland of he, fucks to give. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is like just he is pure snark, fun, awesome. Jack. Yeah. He still has that emotional core he can go to, but he's like, I'm done. Let's have I, I fun. I guess I can't help going to that emotional spot, though. There is something there. You know, you can sit there and you can if you can reflect on it the way you did, which I, I think is lovely and is a great way to wrap up just the character. But to mm-hmm. me, there's there's something a little more there. Oh, I'm, sh- um, I'm sure there is. But maybe that's just the mental state that I live in. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm sure, I'm sure there is that deeper emotional thing there. Uh, sometimes I just look at the shiny surface, though. I, I like that. Which I is like why it. I this need my... we work. Which is why I need my grace, because <laughs> she, she knows how to crack the surface and peek underneath oh, and I'm I just live like, in those fields I live in them and I'm just like look at the shiny <laughs> <laughs> um, so they need to get Doppel Charlie back through the gate uh, but basically they go hey but first let's freak out your mom yeah, that seems like a necessary thing to do. This because poor woman, because she hasn't been through enough without breaking she down. She seems to take it really well. It's much stronger than any other person I can imagine. Because I can imagine if this happened in real world, there would be, like, screaming in the other direction and, like, throwing shit at it. I think and, I would like, just be a puddle of tears at this like, point. I'd, I can't people anymore. I would just be done. I wouldn't be wearing pants. I would be watching episodes of Gilmore Girls on the couch in a catatonic state. I can imagine. I mean, we know Sarah's smart. Jack would not go for a, a dumb a woman. Yeah. So I guess she gets the point and she understands that that Charlie is the same entity she was talking to before. But still, she takes us better than I think any... She takes us the best you could possibly take it. This is where it'd be nice to have the perspective of a mother to see what they would tell us. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a crazy situation. And Jack and Sarah embrace... And there's, you can tell there's some healing going on there. Yeah. I can imagine after all this is done, Jack's going to, like, call her up, come over with either, probably beer in their case, <laughs> with some beer, and they're going to sit down and have, like, a super deep conversation about shit. Maybe, or maybe they'll leave it here forever. I don't... Maybe they'll be like, you know what? This is as much closure as we're going to get. It's either one of the two. It's going to be one of the two extremes. Okay. They're going to never talk about it again, or they're going to sit down in about three to five days, which is my specific... That specific day. (laughs) Three to five days. And, like... 
obviously, I don't. Th- I don't think they're ever going to get back together. But I definitely think that there go- a lot of possible resentment that Sarah may have, or some of this may yeah. heal there, over. There's, there's definitely going to be healing involved now. Which yes. way it goes, who knows? And at the end, we see Jack taking Doppel Charlie back through the gate, uh, and. This is where I may or may not have cried. <laughs> we have another... I don't remember where this was. I think this was earlier on the episode. Uh, I can't remember exactly where, but we have another great Teal, Teal line of Carter's like, I'd love to get this into the spectrometer at Stanford. And Teal, in his typical Steel fashion, what is a Stanford? Yeah, poor Teal. So much to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I guess yeah, at that point, you do need a little bit of comic relief, and yeah. Teal provides it. But this, this episode in Yeah, a this whole. episode needs, you know, that's the one, you have these sci-fi, you know, once a week sci-fi series. You cannot have an episode that's all the feels. So, you know, and... and well, you can, but that's different series. That's not Stargate. There's a little bit of a pattern, because we're six episodes in, and here's the second time, and this one a lot more so than the anime. The enemy within was kind of just a surprise. This episode just really gets in there and you know dives deep and taps into these these feelings and emotions that I did not expect from a show of this nature. Yeah. Not at all. This is not Shonda Rhimes. I'm not watching Grey's Anatomy. You know? And Derek Shepard is not dying. Um, and, and these are not the places I expect this sh- the show to take me to, but it absolutely takes me there. And that's that's one of the more surprising things of it all. I love all the sci-fi. I love the planet hopping. You know, I love the way these characters connect. This chemistry. But you get an episode like this and it really surprises me. I just don't expect it um i wonder how much more this will happen and i wonder what this does for jack does this change who he is from here forward does he become some other character do we reference it i'm just curious to know what happens i have no comment <laughs> of course you don't <laughs> i never get anything from you and this is a perfect example of why i love this series Listen, I'm never going to say no to a sci-fi series. It's just basically never going to happen. But this is one of the reasons I love Stargate so much above other Stargates because... Or not other Stargates, other sci-fi series is because they can have these feels episodes, but... They're always gonna have a, a wink and a twinkle in their eye. Yeah. They're going... They're always... They're always... There are an exception or two coming up. Um, but in general, Stargate always... They know that they're a sci-fi series. Yeah. Just when I thought I was safe from emotions and feelings and, <laughs> and mental breakdowns that I'm prone to, you know, Stargate comes in and is like, oh, no, we're part of this world, too. We're oh, no. I can you. name... I'm not going to tell you when or where they are, <laughs> but I can name for you at least two or three episodes off the top of my head that when we get to them, in, some of them might be a year or two down the line, <laughs> you are going to be a ball of tears yeah. sitting on the couch okay. watching them. I'm, I'm prepared now. I think I'm a little... The more I watch, the little the more I prepare. There's a couple that you will be in tears of, like, all the feels, and there's a couple you will be tears because you were laughing so hard okay. you might pee a bit. I like that. That's, <laughs> well, not the peeing, but I like laughing. Um, but this is good. You know, um, I, I don't know if we've wrapped up, but I kind of started concluding. No, that's fine. I was just going to say that we're adding a Holy Han account, and that's up to one. Okay. That, that number will never get as high as our For Crying Out Loud count, which gotcha. is up to nine. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, and then, do you want to place this episode on our ranking? Yeah, you know, I've been playing with it a lot. Um, it, it's, um, it, so here's the thing. Episodes like this, I want to put it to number one, but I, I, I also want to approach this as a sci-fi series. So I, I can't figure out where to yeah, place yeah, yeah. it. So here's what I'm doing. I'm rearranging my stack again. Okay. I'm, I can do what I want. I'm an independent <laughs> woman and I'm allowed to do this. So I think, you know, if, if I take this as a, as a series as a whole, I'm going to go back and put Children of the Gods back at number one. Okay. So Children of the Gods gets there. Okay. And for now, just because of the mindset I'm in, this is going to jump up to number two. Okay. So Cold Lazarus comes up to number two. Um... I'm still debating with the Broken Divide and the First Commandment. They're kind of, um, they're kind of interchangeable. Um, I think because this is so heavy of an episode, Cold Lazarus is so heavy. I want to push the Broken Divide up to number three because you okay. need something a little lighter, something a little bit colorful. Okay. Uh, something with bad costumes. To look, <laughs> to, or to look awesome at. costumes. <laughs> awesome bad. Uh, you, you know, you need something like that to, to put at number three. Um, they're both you know, Jack vehicles. Both. Yes. these episodes but that's okay um so we've got children of the gods cold lazarus the broken divide and i think i'm going to place 
oh goodness, what do I do here? Um, Let me guess what episode's not on your list anymore. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> mm, is it Emancipation? Emancipation is gone. Now, the, here's the thing. It may, I, I do, you know, there's a, civil, a bit of sentimental feeling with that one. I, I love making fun of it. I know. And I love that there's the guy from Mortal Kombat in there. Yeah. But as a whole, I just wish there was a better um, We need to edit the Sam, episode down. You know, I'm hoping that there's another Sam episode that comes up that kind of really reflects who she is and gives us a bit more about her and that might come into my top 10 or my top (laughs) 5 but for now (laughs) Emancipation is definitely out I think we're going to go Children of the Gods Cold Lazarus Broken Divide divide, um, Enemy Within okay and then and first commandment and then that leaves us with first commandment at number five you know i realized that now we're on episode six and i just realized that i have never given my episode ranking yeah you need to do the same so where do you place these i'd love to know your opinion. because we come at them from very different Absolutely. perspectives yeah um so you know there's other episodes coming in later that are definitely going to knock these episodes off okay but for the moment i think children of the gods is still my number one okay pilot episode um I <laughs> here's the thing. Um, it's so hard because you know what the other things emancipation are is not going to be off my list yet because strictly for any reason, but besides the emotional, I get the feelings personally from the episode from not watching it. It's okay. the memories I associate with the episode okay. Okay. and not the episode itself. That's fair. It's not number two in any way. Okay. <laughs> I think it's like number five. I was going to say, so is that your number two? No. Children of the Gods. I think it's Children of the Gods, um, Enemy Within, okay. Broken Divide, First Commandment. Is this the exact same list as yours? No, you had no. Cold Lazarus. Yeah. So, Children of the Gods. Um, so you went Children of the Gods, Enemy, Enemy Within, Within, Broken Divide, First Commandment, Oh, the problem is this emancipation is probably not on the list anymore because I do yeah, place do like Cold Lazarus above, above emancipation. It's just a bit of a weak episode. Maybe yeah. now again, I would love to hear other perspectives on this. If I think if we're going on like the episodes that I rewatch purposely of the first season, okay. emancipation's on there. Okay. I may fast so for- does that come up before Cold Lazarus? Is it full Cold Lazarus out of fifth? <laughs> this is do you difficult. want to place them in a tie? I, for now, I'm going to place them as a tie. Okay, cool. I have a tie of Emancipation and Cold Lazarus. Okay, I, I, I will tell you what. Um, I know that when the time comes, uh, the Broken Divide and the First Commandment will end up tied in my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so next week, we are going to be looking at The Knox, which is, to be fair, this is such a... I love this episode. Okay. I love The Knox. And it guest stars... I think one of my favorite character actors from the 90s and early aughts, Armin Shimmerman. I have no idea who that is, so I'm intrigued. Uh, you have seen him in things. Okay. Uh, I know him most fondly as Quark from Deep Space Nine. Uh, oh, that doesn't mean a thing to me yet. Okay. Okay. This will be fun. I like yes. it. Yes. I love Armin Shimmerman. You, you have seen him in things. I okay. guarantee you, <laughs> he has been on everything under the sun. Awesome. So next week is episode seven, The Knox. And fun fact is that uh, we're much more real time now. We are caught up with our back episodes. So this is going out on Tuesday, and we recorded this Sunday night. So please give us this next week. Please please watch The Knocks with us, and I will have a link on Facebook, uh, a thread on Facebook. Please share us your thoughts on The Knocks. What, what are your favorites? What do you dislike? Uh, what do you find interesting? You know, what's your favorite Armin Shimmerman role? <laughs> I dig it. Uh, I have nothing to add here because I have not seen the episode yet. Well, on Facebook, you can find us if you search There's No Place Like Tara. Um, please join in the conversation. And we're also on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Yes. Uh, there's no underscore. Just string that out. Um, our email is uh, There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, email is welcome, and it's exciting to receive. It's yes. almost like snail mail when you were little. It's really fun. So we're starting to get our first pieces, uh, first pieces of fan mail, and it's it's lovely. And um, you know, we we might start sharing these if we get enough of them, especially if they're topical. Send us an email about the knocks, and we'll totally add it into the next week's episode. So that's it for us. Thanks for listening, and be glad you don't have smell o vision again, because Kaylee farted yet again. <laughs> Bye. Bye.